0: Computers, profit motives, and property rights are considered more important than people. The giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered.
1: George Bush doesn't care about black people.
2: They have a black history month, but we don't have a white history month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right wing, ultra conservative, alt right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black. I'm too confrontational. I'm too tough and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now I know I'm simply a strong black woman.
1: In a time where corporations are treated like people, and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be. Is not what they are doing. What would be bad is for us not to fight back.
3: Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV, and this is Resistance Radio, and we are broadcasting live from the ACE Hotel for Movement Mondays. Give it up, everybody. All right, that, that is the feisty crew. I love it. Kenny Francis, it's so good to see you. How are you? Looking handsome as always. Happy. do you wearing
1: red hands? Go to the store looking for red hands, or does it find you? You know, style just is what it is. You know, some of us can just pull off bright things. It matching matches my bright personality. It certainly does. I'm personally preferring your. <laughs> you look like you're a real. Now that I'm not even looking that way. I
3: still am smart we all. all uh, <laughs> it <laughs> so
1: still hurts. That's my all time friend. That was the a Brothers call. like, he looked at me like. Like a for a Brother,
0: where are yeah.
3: you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they told
1: me yeah. that they came. It's great,
3: great way. value. The target One, because we are uh, broadcasting from the Beach Hotel, but we have several guests uh, on today. Uh, and, uh, well, before uh, we do that, before do that, I also want to remind wings. folks, like, I do at
1: the top of like, every it's show that you can this episode and all episodes of our podcast by going to a couple places. One, you can find it on the station's website, which is wahiv.org, or you can find it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you find your podcasts. Like you were saying, it's very exciting for our guest today. This was actually going to be a recap show of what was supposed to happen, but then Hurricane Barry I mean, not see that after the hurricane, we can't, it was canceled because of the birth of in Mary. Okay. And now it rescheduled. So now this is a promo show so that's going best. And, and also the
3: kickoff of a of movement uh, as well. So before we do that, I just want to read a quick introduction here that Lights for Liberty are a coalition of people, many of whom are mothers that are dedicated to human rights and the fundamental principle behind democracy that all human beings have a right to life, liberty, and dignity. Across the country, this past Friday night on July 12th, Lights for Liberty, a vigil to end human detention camps occurred. Of course, as Kenny was just saying, due to our personal or our local weather events, uh, this was postponed until this Friday night, 7 to 9 uh, o'clock on Poitras uh, still. The uh, Light for Liberty vigils brought thousands of Americans to detention camps across the country, into the streets, and into their own front yards to protest the inhumane conditions faced by refugees outraged people from all over the country, which shined a light on the horrific abuses of the Trump administration in human detention camps. So very quickly, let's talk about some of the basic statistics of the detention camps before we introduce our guests. Which states detain the most immigrants? According to federal government data, Texas detains almost 16,000 California detains almost 7,000 people, Arizona detains almost 4,000 people, Georgia detains almost 4,000 people, and Louisiana detains 3,143 people. How many people are detained in private immigration prisons? Over 60% of people that are being held are being held in privately run immigrant prisons, for example, the GEO Group. Uh, or, what was formerly called the Corrections Corporation of America, which is now called CoreCivic. And together they detain about 15,000 people. And lastly, who profits from immigration detention? Again, according to federal government data, the GEO Group receives more taxpayer dollars for immigration detention than any other ICE contractor. In fiscal year 2017, GEO Group received $184 million, followed by CCA or CoreCivic that receives $135 million for immigration detention-related services. And lastly, how many asylum seekers have died in ICE custody? 24 immigrants have died in ICE custody during the Trump administration. And with that, I'd like to introduce the organizers for Lights of Liberty, Ms. Jenny Yanez, who is a community organizer and the host of NOLA Matters, Islam in the Crescent City, which airs on Thursday night at 5 o'clock on WHIV. Salam alaykum.
4: Wa alaikum salam.
3: And also with us is Ms. Sarah Myers, and she will, uh, she will do her, uh, her own introduction if you want to just do a quick intro.
0: Hi, my name is Sarah Myers. Um, Previously, been involved in environmental and anti-racism work, and one of those folks who just couldn't take it anymore and had to get involved. So I'm here to support Jenny.
3: We're so happy to have you. And then I think we have one more individual that'll be coming, and I'll I'll make the introduction of Jose when he arrives. So with, with that, do you guys want to talk to us a bit about uh, Lights for Liberty and what's going to be happening this Friday?
4: So, as you know, the vigils all around the country were held on. Friday, while we were waiting for Hurricane Barely. Uh, I, know, I know we joke about it. Only we can joke about it if yes. you live in New Orleans. If you don't live in New Orleans, you're not allowed to joke about it. Uh, but we postponed it. It was a hard decision. We didn't want to postpone it. We were ready to be there, rain or shine. But it, it was our safety, and also we were under curfew. So everybody was happy that it was just postponed. It's going to be this Friday at 7 p.m. in front What's of Friday's the date? ICE so offices.
1: What's Friday's date so folks have it?
4: Friday's date. It's the 12th?
1: The 19th.
4: The 19th. that's why I asked. The 19th, Friday the 19th of July of 2019, too. Yeah, sometimes I forget what year it is, I'm telling you. So we're going to be not in the ICE offices. My mom asked me that question. Are you going to be inside the offices? I was like, Mom, I don't don't think we're going to be personas gratas. But uh, we won't fit in there either. But we're going to be outside, and it's 7 p.m. on Poydras. It's 1250 Poydras. And we have expectations of quite a large group. Now, it's not large enough for my liking. I really, as the days go by, I have no idea why our streets in this country are not completely full everyday protesting fascists. Agreed, agreed. I just, I know we do these, you know, we do rallies and vigils and protests and basically it's, we're preaching to the choir a lot. So the, the choir sounds like the people who care about other people right now. It's like, so just like in church, kind of, right? So you go there to be uplifted. The choir is saying, hey, this is the, you know, I'm here to uplift you and tell you the word. But, you know, we need everybody who is not in the choir. You know, I'm just going to start calling them fascists because I'm done. I'm re- This is just a lot going on. There was a huge rent from 45 today. And he did not walk down telling our beloved four progressive congresswomen of color, told them to go back to their country. Which is and America. Exactly. Instead of locking it down, he doubled up today. And it was just so horrifying that anyone that agrees with him now, this, this isn't about big government. This isn't, this isn't the GOP of Reagan. Like, let's get over it. So, going back to Friday, it started off as a coalition of people concerned about the detention camps. But really, if you are not concerned about detention camps, because then you agree with them, that's it. I mean, there's no way to see it, unless you have a legitimate reason. Because I have to be very careful to understand there are people who have special needs. That, you know, people who are hospitalized, people who have to work during those hours to pay their bills. I'm talking about a real need. But like I said, if you're home watching Netflix,
3: <laughs> well, did you see all I the, don't know. Did you see all the protesters that came out in Hong Kong? Like, I mean, we're talking, there was at multiple nights, millions of people in the streets protesting their government because of what was going to essentially be, uh, it was a policy that would allow cases to be brought over to uh, the mainland China rather than being tried in Hong Kong. That doesn't make the the point is I was jealous to see the level of civic engagement there was in Hong Kong
0: right. compared to
3: what we're seeing right now, which is we are shifting into fascism, open fascism, and it just seems like, you know, doo 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 you know, open the window and instead of hearing crowds and whatever, you hear crickets, which I wish I had my crickets uh, <laughs> I, right think that, like,
1: I think like the way that I think about this is I think that the only thing that America is actually exceptional at is only caring if it personally affects you. I think that's the only thing that is yep. our country. First thing like, I thought
4: of when the that idea of American
1: that. exceptionalism yeah. is a false idea, except the only thing we've ever been good at is oppressing other people and only caring about ourselves. Like America as a country and as a society often behaves in the way of just like squirrels squirreling away their own little acorns and saying, I've got my acorns. If you don't have any acorns, I don't know what to do for you. Sorry.
0: Right, it's and your fault. The reality
1: of it is that, unfortunately, it is true for many people in this country that unless this personally affects you, you don't care. Um, a conversation we had about a month ago on this show with our, which I'm with, um, Amy Irvin from the New Orleans Abortion Fund, was sort of like the tension that a lot of folks are feeling, particularly folks, of people of color, where. You know, an abortion ban comes down in Louisiana, and all of a sudden, every white woman on social media is now an activist. It's like, I hope we see you at the next Black Lives Matter r- rally, or we see you at the next anti, or the, we see the next anti-Trump rally, right? And it's that I, this idea that unless it's personally affecting you, people seem to not care in this country. And it, like, there's that say, there's that quote that I'm gonna butcher because I'm not remembering it. Of like, first they came for the socialists, and I said it wasn't my problem. Then they came for the, then they came for, then they came for me, and there was no one left to care. And we are literally living that this is right, now. right now. We are yeah. rounding people up, putting them in camps, putting children in camps and in cages, and people don't care. People care more about going to Area 51 than the fact that like, literal, the literal SS. Like a secret police force is going around the country, rounding people up from their homes and tearing them away from the children, and people are like, "Eh, well,
4: who well, cares?" They got the method and the strategy correct. Let's all get together for a cause. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, got Judge that Rose. right now. The, I'm not sure that their cause is, is, is. I don't know. I mean, if they take that, if they take that energy, right, and they bring it to a movement, they can change a lot of things.
1: I don't say that. That like. There's, a, there's that, but it's also like, that's the point, right? I think that's something that, I think probably the only thing that the Trump administration has been effective at, and this is something that we, you and I talked about, Mark Allen, when the election first happened, when we first started this show. My concern this entire time about the Trump administration has been exactly what they've exceeded at, where it's just been a, a flood. It's a fire hose of just really, really bad things all the time, where we've just become desensitized to it, where... He literally said that four American citizens who were elected officials were illegal immigrants, and they should go back to the country and It barely even stayed in the news cycle for a day like that 's where we 're at right now, and like this and, is they a,
3: did, and the press didn 't call it what it is like this which is, is this racism is, This is
1: a man who out loud said that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and his supporters would support him any, like anyway and i 'm starting to believe that that 's true because this is, this is a strategy. It's a real strategy that you just do this all the time. And the really, 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 really bad stuff, people will stand up and people will say no. But in between, you have all this like abhorrent systemic things that are getting past that no one's paying attention to, that no one cares about. And then all of a sudden we're going to wake up in Gilead and people are going to wonder how we got there.
0: And so one of the things that we want to do with this vigil is capture the energy of those people who are sort of newly outraged and, you know, drawing a line in the sand. And and so we want to take them and we want to connect them to the work that's already being done. We want to connect them to the people who have been working to support immigrants here in New Orleans and around the state of Louisiana for years. So, you know, there's a number of things that people can do to get involved right now. One is to sign up with um, the Detention Lifeline. You can sign up to help be a translator, interpreter, or you can also sign up to... um, sponsor um, an immigrant who's in detention. Most of the immigrants in detention here in Louisiana, they have family members who will take them in, but they are not being given their deserved parole hearing. And so, But there is a small minority of, of, of immigrants being held in detention who don't have anyone to sponsor them. Um, so that's a big thing, opening your house, but you know, it's definitely a need. And that's just uh, one organization that we're connected with and that we're, we're trying to help connect all these people who are going to come out on Friday with.
3: If you're tuned in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIVLP. This is, we are broadcasting live from the Ace Hotel. This is Movement Mondays and Resistance Radio. Uh, My name is Mark Gallandari. That's Kenny Francis over there. Uh, looking as uh, handsome and debonair as always, uh, with making his his hurricane jokes that was barely funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, today with us is the organizers for Lights of Liberty that will be happening this Friday night uh, on uh, on uh, Poydras twelve fifty Poydras from seven to nine. More information can be found on the Facebook invite page for Lights for Liberty uh, in New Orleans. Miss Jenny Annas and and Miss Sarah Myers. Thank you. What are you laughing
1: about? You said the Facebook. I
3: was, saying. <laughs> I was saying the Facebook invite page. Yeah. He's making me feel 51. It's on the internet. It's on the, it's on the Facebook.
0: <laughs> and I want to stress that we do have an, um, an a page for the event on Friday. But uh, as we said, we want to, yeah, to so turn this into about, a movement. Right. And so there is a Facebook page that you can join for the coalition. And so this is something that we're doing, particularly here in New Orleans. And we have a coalition of a number of organizations um, that we want to help move this forward and not just have this vigil and then have all of that energy disperse. So I guess it's a good time to mention
4: that there are some people who will be speaking at the event and some Please. people who you know may not be speaking, but they, are, they support the message uh, of really... What's going on with the concentrate... well, some people call it concentration They're camps, called, some called call it detention camps. So, the con- uh, yeah. camps. So some of uh, the local supporters and I don't know, can I read it out? Yeah. our list is yeah. not as
0: long as some other other cities. There was how many cities, Sarah? There were over seven hundred demonstrations and I personally know somebody who attended one in Japan.
4: Yeah, that's wow. fabulous. You have to tell us about that too. And I know people who attended them around the country. Believe it or not, there are Muslim women speakers at these events in cities all over the country. I believe it. I think y'all believe it by now too. Uh, but that I call, I'm calling our vigil for those. So for those in the back, because we're coming a week later. So if they didn't hear it last week, well, we're gonna be uh, out there on Friday. So these are some of the. Uh, the names I wanted to share. So, Mayor of Latoya Control's Office of Human Rights and Equity. That would be Mr. Vince and his long last name, Pasquantonio. Vincenzo Pasquantonio. Will um, he be speaking?
0: I believe so, he, but uh, I don't, I'm not completely... Uh, he was, yeah. he was uh, confirmed to speak last Friday, and I'm in the process of confirming either him or the mayor for this Friday.
4: And then, of course, there's the indivisibles, which includes Metairie and New Orleans indivisibles. Uh, Baton Rouge indivisible is aware of it, and they, you know, they may drive over here. Uh, Puentes New Orleans, Nuestra Voz, uh, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, First Grace Methodist Church, New Orleans Grannies Respond or Abuelas Responden, New Orleans Humanist Secular Association, of course, WHIVFM, People's Assembly, East Jefferson Interfaith Clergy Association, Step Up Louisiana, and we should have. You know, Ben also mentioned on, on the top is the Congress of Day Laborers. So, el Congreso de Laboradores, Congress of Day Laborers, uh, we have been working and learning from and with their organizers from the start because they are this – is, this is just a vigil. And then from the vigil, like Sarah said, we're building a coalition to continue actions and not just awareness but actions – to join this national movement to close the camps. But Congreso has been on the ground with undocumented workers for many years. And so, of course, you know, we've been asking and how we can grow and what is the right message. And there's a simple message. Close the camps. I mean, it's a simple message. Close the camps. So why are the camps there? We don't even need ICE. Abolish ICE so though it's, it's the same message close the camps abolish ICE some people think abolish ICE is a radical message I've been seeing I've been seeing photographs and pictures and articles more and more and many people have seen of newborns being separated from their mothers newborns we can talk forever about the, the criminal injustice system of which Louisiana is the capital of the world but the point of detaining people is because they are either a danger to themselves or others. I mean, that's just just agree with that. that. That's a concept of that which we abuse. But why are you detaining a newborn or his mother? There's no reason. Our country well, does them. they are asylum fear. seekers. Exactly. So, th-
2: so it's about fear.
4: At this point, at this point, we just need to call it what it is. If you are okay with newborns being separated from their mothers for which have a legal right for asylum, then abolishing Mm -hmm. those that are doing this is actually a rational call, not a radical call. I mean, it's just time that we tell...
3: I was going to just say that I think we also need to abolish Homeland Security for that matter. So I think abolishing ICE is appropriate. I would even totally go one step further. To, and then the, the new voice that you're hearing here is one of my favorite people and somebody who uh, I think will do some, some spoken word for us in just a moment, but Jose Torres Tama, who is a performance activist, a poet provocateur, and producer of the Taco Truck Theater. And he likes to remind us that there is no guacamole for immigrant haters.
2: Yes, no, thank you. And uh, Jenny, that's really brilliant. Yeah, so, you know, I use that as a comic battle cry uh, because literally if you love the food, why dehumanize the cooks, right? Yeah. That's what this country does. Uh, when it comes to uh, foods from all over the country, we're basically, all over the world, we're basically a food court cultural appropriation, right? And and the most cultural appropriation Tuesday is what's called Taco Tuesday all across the country, right? Grammar schools, colleges, they all have Taco Tuesday. But who makes those foods, right? Who are the people that actually originated those foods? Like, you know, if you don't like Muslim people, then no tabbouleh for you, no hummus, right? No, really, like, let's get real about that. Uh, You know, there's also, we forget about, so uh, for all of you that may not know me, uh, I'm also a renegade scholar, And just to let you know, I call it the United States of Amnesia, right? Because this is nothing new. Let's just, uh, I'm developing a new project actually called the United States of Amnesia from Fugitive Slave Act to Zero Tolerance. So let's forget, let's not forget Fugitive Slave Act, 1793. Okay, Indian Removal Act, straight up. They weren't even trying to be euphemistic. They could have called it Operation Iraqi Freedom, right? Some jokes I do just for me. So uh, there's Chinese Exclusion Act, 1883. There's Operation Wetback, 1947. But before that, we had Japanese internment uh, by FDR, the, the, you know, the regal, uh, the celebrated FDR, who decided to intern Japanese people. Now, I always wondered, you know, because I have a tendency, they call me El Señor Boca Mucho Grande, right? You know, it's Mr. Big Mouth. And sometimes I ask myself, self, you know, I just ask myself, so we're, we were fighting, right? And you got to use humor because this is some really traumatic stuff. So... We were fighting the Germans, and obviously the Japanese were involved, right? And then why did we not intern German people? Why did we have German camps? Right? Because the Germans had migrated. You can't, migrated. Go, 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 go. You
1: can't <laughs> do white people like that. Right? Of course. That's right. To... You
2: can't do, you can't bomb white people. In fact, the last bomb white, oh, the last white people we bombed, as, um, George Carlin would say, are the Nazis, right? There was also some bombing in Serbia, and you know, that happened right after, um, Ms. Clinton got caught with his pecker outside of his pants, right? There's always a bombing issue going on. In fact, the United States of Amnesia learns geography by what country we're bombing today. It's as simple as that, right? Some of you yeah. Some of you people may know about El Salvador now. Uh, you know, or maybe you knew about El Salvador in the central in the in Central America in the eighties, right? When Reagan, who who went on the chair and said, I forgot. Well we didn't forget that they bombed they bombed El Salvador, right? There was Ali Nord, Ali Nord. that's right now what what's he do? He's a Fox News commentator. And I have my own acronym for Fox. I think this is really their actual secret acronyms. Frightful odious xenophobes that's what i think fox is right so uh, you know we have to understand that this is nothing new
1: i have to sorry i have to go back to something you just said which was one of the most like depressingly funny but like brilliant things i've heard someone say recently recently that you said that most americans have learned geography by who we are bombing today absolutely and that that needs to be said again good good god yeah. Is that spot? on? We should make that as a WHIV That's it. Uh, I T-shirt. Mean, <laughs> yeah, the United
2: States. Most <laughs> gringos are geographically challenged. Some of you don't. Some of you may think, you know, may think that Mexico is part of uh, South America. No, Mexico is part of North America. It's included with Mexico, USA, and Canada. And also, got it sure. should be
1: Texas and Arizona and California. But well, the, the, the no, difference. no, but, but you <laughs> should know. That's
2: right. In fact, <laughs> in 1848, Google it because, you know, Latinos, we love to Google, right? In fact, Google, yeah, Google 1848, the Guadalupe Hidalgo Treaty of 1848. And I love to Google, right? So if you Google the Guadalupe Hidalgo Treaty, you will discover then that a lesser-known president, Mr. Polk, only four-year term, he, dis- he beat the drums of war as soon as he got elected. He said in following manifest destiny, right, in following manifest destiny, that Mexico were coming for you. In fact, he also said that the United States of amnesia, and I call it that, would be involved in deciding who and how democracy will be distributed across the hemispheric Americas. So they invaded Mexico. Now, Google 1848, because I always say, if you want to build that wall, let's build it from 1848. Let's reclaim, here's some states for you, Texas, Oklahoma, baby. Arizona, Nevada, Utah, California, New Mexico, right? The entire Southwest was was actually taken over. So Google 1848, Guadalupe Largo Treaty, because Latinos, we love to Google. In fact, you should know that Google is a Latin term. Actually, Google is an old Aztec term. From the Aztec goddess, Google gets a Gua- <laughs> which means look it up, S.A. Know your history.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh-huh. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, I, I got to bring some
2: humor to the table uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, no, it's right, some depressing stuff here.
1: Right? I do want to go back to something that, that Jenny said that I think that people forget, to your, to your point that with the United States with amnesia, that we have become so used to having ICE that I think if you ask the average American right now what they know about ICE, what they do, and like where they come from, people would assume that ICE is as old as, say, the FBI or CIA or these institutions that we've just become used to having. When what most folks have forgotten is that ICE has only existed since post 9-11. It's not like this is some like American institution that people are saying we should get rid of this. This is a new thing that was created after a war that was unjustified and that they literally lied to us about. And the people that we went to go bomb supposedly committing 9-11 wasn't the people who did it. In fact, we just continue to sell those people arms because they happen to owe us a bunch of money. That's a different conversation.
2: And it was a war built on lies. Like, it so, was a war built on lies. And ICE
1: was, a, was a, right. an agency built on lies. And, and so was Homeland say, Security. And so was absolutely. the... the um, I'm forgetting the name of the act that allowed us to torture Patriot. The Patriot Act. All right. of that was built on lies less than 20 years ago. Right. And ICE, rep,
2: re, uh, re, it was rebranded Immigration naturalization services, was rebranded as Immigration Customs Enforcement. And let's not forget that ICE in street slang means to kill. So they operate as a nefarious Gestapo-like agency with actually no holds barred. They're almost... They, they are almost, um, independent. And the tragic thing is that Barack Obama and the son of an African immigrant actually re-signed the Patriot Act and actually equipped ICE further. And who would have thought, right? The son of an African immigrant rises to the captain's chair. Right. Elected by a growing Latino electorate that he betrayed and told and deported three million people. We called him the deporter in chief. I don't get all choked up and romantic about Obama, you know, on Facebook, the way everyone does. Because I wrote a piece for Latino USA. Actually, they didn't publish it because it was too dramatic for them. It was called Between Barack and the GOP Hard Place on Immigration Reform. Some jokes I do just for me. and The ch- lady that chuckled over here. Because that's what we were caught. We were between Barack and the GOP hard place on immigration reform. Remember, the Yes We Can candidate promised immigration reform. He never gave it up. In fact, in 2012, I held my nose when I pressed Barack for the second time. Why? Because he already had deported 20, you know, 2 million already by then. But what did he do? He threw the crumbs. He didn't even sign the Dreamers Act. He threw DACA out. So we got to know. Now, I'm a, you know... I'm a hungry political artist. I read. In fact, I spend my evenings reading a lot about what's going on. And what we're seeing today is nothing new. Let's just make sure we understand. It is nothing new, right? In fact, one of the camps in Tulsa, right? You were telling me about that camp? One of the camps in Oklahoma, no, it's still some, somewhere in Oklahoma, was an actual internment Japanese camp. And then before right. that, yes, but yes. before that, it was even an American native internment camp where they took children. Remember, there was a law, and you may Google it because you may think that I'm hyperbolic, but I'm not. Look up hyperbolic as well. So, you know... <laughs> can
4: but, I, can but, I add something, Jose, before yes. I forget? Because you said so much. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. Awesome but
2: okay. just to let you know, that was a Native American camp where they put together... There was a program called Kill the Indian, Save the Child. They took children who were Native American and tried to civilize them, you know, into monster gentlemen of European heritage, right?
3: Jenny. Go, oh, yeah, go ahead. You want to do the so,
4: announcement? Y- talking about that wall. So why don't we have a wall... For, on the northern border, because there were more than seven hundred thousand foreigners who entered the United States. Uh, I think it was the year twenty seventeen. This statistic, and most of those, the top country of those visa overstay wa- overstays was from guess where? Norway. <laughs> well, it, was, it was actually from Canada. Canada, so, that's what I thought. I don't, I don't that's see a new us, side joke by the way. You Norway? know, so how do you stop? How how does ICE identify Canadians when they raid our? Our neighborhoods, because that's the top over and there's no wall. There's no talk about a wall. They're the they largest overstayers. and let's just say, you know, if you're going to talk about document, the maple people are ready, but we're not talking about building a wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
2: maple syrup in the
0: trunks,
3: man. Maple leaves. And
4: the other thing is you know, that you, you know, you said about Latino. Yeah, we we are Latinos, but means we're completely American, so we ain't going anywhere. No nos vamos a ningún lado. We're not going anywhere. Latino is a self-identified, this is how we self-identify, but it means, it's about our heritage, right? But we are American, and there's about a million Latinos registering to vote every year.
2: Every day, baby, I'm I'm trying to get more.
4: As a matter of fact, I think that the statistics of Latinos, I think there's a, a tiny higher percentage of Latinos in the United States right now than there are African Americans. So I think that that might have something to do with all of
2: this. And let's remember if it was Irish or Italian immigrants at the border they'd be giving them pizza and you know cannolis they'd be like letting them in. You know, yeah, I mean come on, Irish and Italian immigrants, come on, we got your cannoli here. You got your you got your ice. Come on, I give you some ice. Right. Some Italian Italian mafia people would be letting them in like crazy, right? And let's not forget the mafia was founded like here. That, you know? No, it's not always like that. In fact, Irish and Italian immigrants, when they migrated here, they had social services organizations to help them assimilate into the greater power structure. And that's the problem. We have Irish, we have Italians, we have Germans who have migrated into whiteness. Why? Because whiteness offers them a power and a privilege. And therefore, let's not forget that our people at the border, El Salvadorians, they're Mayan. Okay, most of the Mexicans here who have reconstructed the city, they're Zapotecs, they're Aztecs, El Salvadorians, right? It's indigenous people. This is another p- post-colonization, you know, uh, brutality of our indigenous people. Let's not forget that. The hell with the term immigrants. Are you kidding? I was born in Ecuador, South America, raised in North America in New York City. That's why I talk so fast, right? And I've even given up coffee. But imagine that. I'm more... South, more American than most of you, born in South America and raised in North America.
0: And I think it's important to remember that, you know, Hondurans are not new to the city of New Orleans. That, um, and a lot of the, the immigrants who are seeking asylum are from Honduras. And that, um, to my knowledge, it goes all the way back with the banana import industry. And then, of course, with Katrina, we saw another influx of Hondurans This city would not have been rebuilt after Katrina were it not for the Hondurans. And I work in the construction industry. Absolutely. I work in the construction industry. And, you know, I know that um, positive stereotypes are still stereotypes and they have negative effects. But, like, the guys that I know, they work so hard. They work so hard and they work seven days a week if you let them. And, um, you know, they never got their proper due after Katrina. And um, I think it's just important to remember that Hondurans belong here just as much as anyone else. And I want to share real quick some numbers that we got from um, Homero Lopez with, how do you say, Isla? Yeah, Isla. Isla. Um, And he's a lawyer who is working to provide legal support to the immigrants that are held in detention camps here in uh, Louisiana. As of last summer, when they started Isla, there were about 2,000 immigrants detained here and at two different camps. Now there are 7,000 in Louisiana in 11 camps and by the end of the summer they're projecting to have 15,000 that's more than any state other than Texas or California and we have a much smaller population than both of those we're states we're
1: really good at arresting people in Louisiana
0: and you we're know really it's it. it's one of the unintended consequences of of criminal justice reforms that suddenly you have these private prisons that need bodies and oh look here's ICE and, you know, these, these, these prisons are located far away from urban centers, which makes it very difficult for families to visit and very difficult for folks to get legal representation. And so um, ISLA is one of the organizations that we're going to be helping support and helping them recruit volunteers because they have a staff of three, and they certainly can't handle this explosive influx.
3: So I, I just want to add something to your numbers because I think they're very important, but I think that as with a lot of things that we talk about on this radio program, is why is it that we're seeing this is follow the money. And if you look at what it costs to put somebody in a Louisiana prison, it's something like twenty-four dollars and like thirty-five cents or something that the Louisiana state pays prisons to keep bodies in jail when you look at what people are doing are making for the immigration detention it's something like 700 dollars per day so the profit like 750 actually 750 yeah and then they're only spending i mean and look at the look what we're seeing on on these images that we're seeing of uh, of hundreds of people sc- crammed into a cage without any bedding, without any sanitation whatsoever. And each one of those bodies is $750 a day that are being held inside that detention center. They're not being provided anything whatsoever uh, in terms of human decency. And at the end, there's somebody back there <clears throat> collecting a big check, and we're making profits. And that is another thing that's unique to America as well. That
2: um, is a very good point. Kind
1: of fascinating that sort of like – There's a natural conversation happening right now with average Americans around the fact that airplane prices for tickets continue to rise while they continue to cram more and more people into airplanes. And Americans seem to understand the basic economics of that, of the airplane companies are making more and more money while making us more and more uncomfortable and having more and more delays and people getting booted off flights and it's becoming a nightmare to travel. And Americans can understand that in a very simple way, but they can't seem to understand if there's a company that's being paid to detain people, that the way, the treating them the least humane way possible, cramming as many of them in there as possible, so you keep margins as high as possible, that's something that people can't fathom is happening. And the, the sort of like, so again, the amnesia, the like purposeful amnesia that folks have, that the, this is simple. These are simple things. What we're simply doing is we're all sitting around and we're standing idly by while people are literally profiting off the suffering that our the state is doing what, that is that? by definition fascism. Like we're not being hyperbolic. That is the literal definition of fascism. And like I think the thing that I find crazy is all these people who are who just love the military and just love the armed forces. And I'm not saying that like I hate veterans, but I'm saying that like all of these people whose like grandfathers were literally fighting Nazis are who, who are so proud of that. Here is fascism happening in our country, being ordered by our fascist in chief. And everyone's just sort of like, nothing to see here, folks. Because
2: it's rebranded. Just make sure that the first thing that we need to do, any country, the same way the Germans did it, any country, in order to uh, create collective ideology to dehumanize a people, that's what has to happen. An entire group and an entire people have to be dehumanized to be made less than human. Therefore, you have... No, you know, illegal alien. And the first one to throw it out there was someone named Pete Wilson back, at, who was the the um, who, governor of who, California. Who, governor of California, but he was trained under the Reagan administration. He threw it straight up, and Pete Wilson's 187 in California made sure because he was so damn odious that there could be no no children that were the children of farmers, right? Predominantly um, Mexican workers that were he- that were there picking up the food. They they would have no access to health or education. He threw out that illegal aliens moniker, and no human being is illegal, especially on stolen lands. Let's make sure we understand that, right? Amen. So you know, I mean, and and what we're for, also the amnesia is while Obama. And his administration said, okay, we're pulling out of supporting corporate entities, corporate jails, right? What they did not tell you in in the line in between is that now they're going to shift all those jails because the business, the money's got to keep rolling. The business has to keep on going. They didn't tell you that they were going to begin using those jails for immigration customs enforcement for ICE. But that was already in the books. Nothing happens here. You know, as an immigrant, I'm here just to observe the United States of amnesia, right? Because nothing happens here strategically placed. There's got to be a reason why after Obama, you have the most, you know, Ku Klux Klan-oriented individual in, in the White House, right? Now it's the whitest White House we have ever seen.
3: And, Jenny, I know you were about to make a point.
4: Yeah, so when we think about these detention centers, Illinois just announced, they just shared that they're banning private detention camps in Illinois, and New York is about to ban private prisons. So we can move that way here. We can move that way here. Uh, again, we're the incarceration capital of the world.
1: Thanks, Joe Biden.
4: And one of those... And and it's a lot of people. I, are I, I can on laugh it, right? all and you New want. But, but
1: thanks, Joe Biden. Like, that's, since that's right. Talking about it. Let's this. not forget. Like, Let's so not forget the father of mass right. incarceration. Joe Biden. Like, it, thanks, Joe. Jenny.
4: And then you remind us that we're the United States of amnesia. But some people every day, you, you can only have amnesia if you knew something and then you forgot it. <laughs> so I'm having trouble with that.
0: Because you know, point.
4: that requires knowing to begin with, which a lot of people did. You know, almost half of Americans didn't know Puerto Ricans were citizens.
2: Yeah. Not only that, but half of them don't even have passports. You know, just because they think the United States of Amnesia is the only country. Wait, let's make sure that say, they, I that? mean,
4: that's not what I was going to say, but can you still, go back? yeah, half almost half almost, half, almost half, almost including half, including our American. president, yeah, including our president, yeah. Because he, he told AOC, "Go back to where you come from." She's probably thinking. really? <laughs> you mean the Bronx? America, I could, I could, yeah. So, on, on a more serious note, there we already know the 10 steps before yeah. genocide. Yeah. And we're like on step seven. The, you know, the tension in the camps. Do you know what
3: the... Can you repeat them? Do you know them by any chance? Um,
4: I mean, it, this is a more... It, it's more weighty, but Sure.
0: I've, um, got them, I've got them pulled up if you want. Please. Read them for us. Ten stages of genocide. One, classification, dividing people into us and them. Two, symbolization, people are forced to identify themselves. Three, discrimination, people begin to face systemic discrimination. Four, dehumanization, people equated with animals, vermin, or diseases. Five, organization, the government creates special groups police or military to enforce the policies. Six, polarization. The government broadcasts propaganda to turn the populace against the group. Seven, preparation. Official action to remove and relocate people begins. Then comes persecution, the beginning of murders, theft of property, trial massacres, then extermination, wholesale elimination of the group, and then denial. The government denies that it has committed any crime.
1: So we're literally at step seven.
0: Yeah, like,
4: like, you know, I don't no I
2: think we 're further than that. I, I think be, that yeah. I think that we 're you know for me uh, as an immigrant, the mythology of freedom has always been greater than the actual freedoms experienced in these united states let 's make sure we understand the mythology of freedom is always especially for people of color has always especially. been greater, especially for people of color right so remember the dehumanization, what were the natives called... African slaves were reduced to three-fifths human. Native people were just called savages and allowed the pilgrims to go and kill and genocide and steal lands by mother's mother-native parents and children, right? So, you know, that's already been happening. So the thing is that I think that you really hit a point on the amnesia because this country goes to war at the drop of a hat. And everyone wraps themselves up in blind nationalism with that flag. And then, like you were saying, and they called out these patriotics. The most patriotic thing to do as I stand on a paper constitution that has never, that has never, that has never had any truth for the dark one. Let's make sure we understand that because Jefferson, you know, for him, for me, he's the Adam of this country, right? He birthed it with its original sin. Right? And Monticello is actually, the way that it was designed is actually to design the class system here. You had your house Negroes, right? You had your field Negroes, and then you had your, then you, you had your garden Negroes, right? And the same thing now. Look at the way that we have our immigrants. Our immigrant people, you know, maybe Jose and Maria who work in the kitchen, right? You've got your landscaping, uh, immigrants, right? Right? And then you've got your field immigrants who are, it's not Jesus Christ that's bringing you the food. It's Jesus and Maria working the fields that's bringing your foods. Let's make sure that nothing has changed. What happens is the year changes and then the mythology continues to change. And, you know, John Berger, the brilliant uh, uh, social, social um, scientist said, just tell the people they are free and they will believe it. You got to keep telling them every day. So Joe Six Packs buys his the he thinks he's free, takes his truck and just getting back to what you said earlier, let's make sure we understand that the wage theft that's happened in this in this city post Katrina in those fourteen years, the robbing of immigrants, the robbing of Hondurans and Mexicans and Brazilians is outrageous. In fact, I, my book will be coming out next year. It's called "Hard Living in the Big Easy: Immigrants and the Rebirth of New Orleans," and it will show us that during this post Katrina period, this has been one of the largest eras of labor exploitation in the country's history. Right.
4: Well, the theft you're talking about the wage the, theft, the wage theft. Yeah, But the, the biggest theft was the United Fruit Company. Oh, that United made them Fruit Company! Com- oh, absolutely. That was a that yeah. was the theft of an entire nation's Absolutely, the they
2: perpetrated dictatorships right from here, from Canal Street, we, that we, office that's now the Insectatorium. We created from,
4: the plantations, yeah. and then when we completely took away all the resources and left them with nothing, and they came for to feed their families and themselves. Now they're immigrants. But
2: that's the strategy for the whole of South America. We are... We, the captains of pillaging are right here in, in the United States. I mean, so, you know, the People's Assembly is inviting me to talk about U.S. imperialism uh, for this big gathering. And I did, a, I did some research a while back on all the dictatorships that United States has supported. I'm just going to throw out a couple. Trujillo and Dominican Republic, right? Uh, Somoza family dictatorships in Nicaragua, right? Um... You've got Pinochet in, in Chile and actually the, the, the Bush elder that just died, they celebrated him. But no, he was the CIA in charge who actually spearheaded that attack to the to de- democratize Allende, the socially you know um, He was elected. a socialist
3: and he was had very, very he was very popular uh, in Chile and actually that was the first nine eleven. When uh, Pinochet right. when Pinochet was placed in office, it was because uh, obviously the the, the uh, Alejandro wasn't going to do any business with the u s whatsoever, and of course they put a strong man in. in fact, all dictatorships, if you think about it the ones that the u s supports are all strong people or strong men that are going to do business uh, Batista with, yeah, yeah that are going to do business with the u s and just real quickly just before I turn the mic over to you, when you look at the two countries that we 're trying to fight wars with right now Venezuela and Iraq, right? Why Iran? Why Venezuela? Uh, When we have countries all over the world with strongmen and dictators, obviously it's because there's oil there and those are the two countries that are not doing business with the U.S. And they uh, certainly in Venezuela are, are, are socializing uh, the, the profits of, of their oil, what, what little there is uh, right It's
2: now. always about business. You know, I think we're so brilliantly fooled here. I, th- I think it's, what, what I find that's really amazing about this country is that you have a propaganda machine, not just Fox News. That's, that's what, you know, as what's his name used to call it, I don't think I could say it on radio, but Bull Something Mountain, right? But um, the propaganda machine that you have here that pimps Christian airing narratives continuously is Hollywood, Let's make sure you understand it. Hollywood, continuously pimping Christian Aryan narratives where all the heroes and the sheroes predominantly are always white. And therefore, we celebrate when a movie like Moana comes out or a movie when, when there's people of color, the Chinese movie that came out, right? Whenever there's someone of color, that the Black Panther, right? It's deeply celebrated because we are so hungry and starved because we are continually marginalized. Yet, we are the power. We are the power. And I don't, I don't really care for this term people of color. I think it should be melanin people of power. I'm just saying. See, you're laughing, but um, I'm serious.
1: So as we start to run out of time here, something that we like often, not often, but like I think one of the things that we try to focus on in our show is give folks like stuff something actionable to do. Like I think folks have learned a lot who have been listening to this. Um, a question that I have actually got a lot, um, and as most folks who listen to the show know, that, as I'm one of the steering committee members of Indivisible New Orleans, um, and a question that we've gotten a lot is, there's a lot of information out there of like what folks' rights are if ICE shows up at your door. Um, but I think a lot of folks are asking if you're at home and ICE shows up at your neighbor's door, what do you do? Um, and so I'd love for us to have a discussion before we go of if you know these ICE raids are happening, they're happening all across the country. They started last week, and they're, I don't think they're going to stop until we make them stop. What should someone do if ICE shows up at their neighbor's door? Well,
4: there's a good chance that ICE won't show up. Bu- at your door unless you're brown that we already know that but we have brown neighbors which is what I assume you're asking that you know if you know someone that may be in danger what would you do because if you are a person that is you know in danger of being detained then definitely the work that comes before is that you should be part of an organization that advocates on behalf of, of immigrants and asylum seekers, like Congreso, like Congress of Day Laborers. So it, it's kind of like prevention and, and we have a doctor with us, but prevention is always better than the cure. So yeah, we already know these things are going to happen, so we need to be prepared. So one way to be prepared, being isolated be, is very, you're making yourself very vulnerable. So you need to be connected to as many people as possible. So if you yourself are an undocumented worker, you need to be connected to these um, advocacy organizations, these like Congreso. However, if you know nothing uh, and you're a neighbor and you see ice around, you can go. And, and I, I had a conversation with Kenny a little bit about this before. Your first gut reaction, if, if you have any heart whatsoever, is to feel somehow upset or angry at these people. But you should be calm like a 911 call because you should be calm because it's not about you. right? You may save someone's life. So being upset and being angry at that moment might get you arrested, and then you cannot help the person that you're, you, you may be able to help. So there is a number. Uh, Cong- uh, Congress of Delivers has a number that you should call if you see any ICE agents or any other law enforcement vehicles, and you're not sure what they are. It's just You just call them. And then in the meantime, you go up to, and Sarah's going to share that with us, but in the m- meantime, you can go up to the agent or the officer and say, You know, hello, good evening, what agency are you with, what are you here, you know, do you have a warrant, are my neighbors dangerous, I mean, why are you here, who are you, and you can record it, you can tape it, if you're in public, you could tape it, again, remain calm, because there's no reason to, you know, it's hard to do that, I I mean, I'm just, I'm saying that, like, it's easy, but all the information that we have, there really should be no human of conscience that is willing to work for ICE, I mean, that's the major form of resistance. You shouldn't work for them, period. And the And there's this, this one man who I think it was a couple of years ago said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And he quit. And they tried to get him to stay. And now he's an activist. And he's, is, he's in the movement to, to abolish ICE. And he was, on the, uh, he, he was employed by ICE. But anyway, remain calm. Give the, call the phone number from a congreso, which we're going to give you. You can tape. You can say, what agency are you with? What are you doing here? And then, hopefully, they'll pick up on the phone, and then you follow instructions from there. Stay in that area. If you can have other people, you know, some people call them allies, but if you could just have any humans around you, (laughs) uh, and record any interaction if necessary. Remember, you do not have to open the door to anyone, anyone absolutely at all. In the case that there is a warrant, it has to be a specific kind of warrant.
0: Judicial warrant. It has to be a judicial warrant issued by a judge. I'm gonna And go check ahead and, for a judge's
3: signature. Yes. That's what I keep reading. Sometimes they'll slide a warrant under the door, uh, and then uh, there will be no signature. If and if it's not signed, do not open the door for those ICE uh, individuals.
0: So I want to go ahead and give the number for Congreso. The, this is the emergency number only if um, you see ICE around, and it's 504-655-9815. Also know that Congreso is providing trainings for people who want to uh, participate in ICE Watch, which is a network of allies to help notify others when ICE is around, and also to videotape them. And if you are interested in calling out those who work for ICE, we've got a couple of early actions on Friday. From 1.30 to 3.30, these are sister actions to the vigil that's happening at 7 p.m., will be outside ICE. The event is called Our Silence is Violence. And, again, you can find an event page for that on Facebook. And they will be, you know, letting ICE employees know that there's blood on their paycheck. Um, And then a little bit later, um, they're going to retire to a pizza place. And there's going to be, you know, costume changes and makeup and stuff because this is New Orleans. And then there's actually going to be um, a dirge procession from the um, Red Truck Clubhouse to the ICE office at Poydras. And that event is called "Eat Pizza, Cry, Defund ICE." And again, that's an event that you can find on Facebook. And if I... oh, the one more time, the number is five zero four six five five nine eight.
3: And uh, Martha has been, uh, who's one of the other organizers for Lights for Liberty, who's been tuning in, also wrote a a couple of text messages in response. I just want to read them. She she reiterates that if ICE activity is suspected, to please call Congresso at 504-655-9815. And she makes a very important point, too, that she says that in the greater New Orleans region, especially Metairie, Kenner, uh, and the West Bank, uh, because Jefferson Parish has contracted with ICE. However, NOPD has opted to not contract with ICE, and I think that's important uh, to to recognize. And
4: that's why New Orleans is known as a quote-unquote sanctuary city, although that's not a legal term. I'm not a lawyer, but it basically means your taxes, your municipal taxes go to you. That's a federal thing. Let them spend their money. We're not going to cooperate. But again, I'm not a lawyer, and we don't have time for all that. But it's, it's particularly... It's a little bit different game in Jefferson Parish, Metairie and Kenner. They will stop you and and then share that information with uh, with the feds, I guess. Um, I just wanted to to say that, yes, call your congresspeople too. And we, that's another call you said, what can you do?
2: Cedric Richmond, I think, that's another needs to call. be called. Uh, he supported, um, from what I've heard that Martha has told me, he supported, and I voted for Cedric, he supported... Um, ICE, I believe he supported funding Well, he didn't
4: them. vote when they voted on funding more ICE. More. He didn't show up. And not only did he... That, that he, this,
2: right there he's really, he's really good at
3: that. Right, yeah, that he's describes really him good at right it. there. Well, this, the way
4: that I see it is if you have a mandate, you should the be aligning with these, these four progressive yeah. women who are trying to, you know, protect our country from the most corrupt president ever. And did you know what happened this Saturday? I was just reading about it, and it, it, it's pretty horrifying. So Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, did you read about that?
3: Oh, yeah, the KKK celebrated. He signed a bill celebrating um, the uh, –
4: Nathan Bedford Forest Nathan Day? Bedford, Day. Bedford Forest, right. The first, the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. This is where we're at. I mean, this, this is – there's no dog whistles anymore. No. I mean, the, yeah.
3: We, yeah, we're going to start wrapping up. I just want to – Lights for Liberty – The vigil is this Friday, 7 to 9, Ms. Sarah? Just
0: a couple quick logistical things. We're encouraging people to bring battery-operated tea lights, um, or you can use the flashlight up on your phone or a regular flashlight. We're trying to make it a zero-waste event, so after the uh, event, look for people holding black and white bags for trash and recycling. Um, Bring your signs, um, things that will show up well at night, and... We hope to see everybody there, 1250
4: poidras. And because you did bring can, up um, Congressman th- Cedric, he, he is going to be invited to speak. I think he,
1: he's, he's going to miss right. it. Can
2: I drop uh, the performance poem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is a really quick uh, performance. I use my maracas because, you know, every Latino has to carry his maracas wherever you go. <laughs> I'm just saying, not everyone but me. Damas y caballeros enchiladas y burritos. Here we go alfil los oídos, despierten en y ajusten sus cinturones filosóficos. Do not be afraid, amigos y amigas, porque se habla español aquí. Do not be afraid of the Spanish language because tostitos are here to stay. In fact, we are new and improved, fat free, and good for the economy. So if you are bilingually challenged, sharpen your ears, awake your subconscious and adjust your philosophical seatbelts, because it's still early in the new millennium of the 21st century. Así que América, as in Central and South America as well, wake up and smell the café con you know because I feel a little green alien green, extraterrestrial green my favorite Martian green supposedly D, go to the green card undocumented green, distrustful steak green odious, sotelo, jealous, green broccoli of the many meals we pick for you green, guacamole, you can't live without green, jalapeno revolution here we come green, green of your painful greenbacks that we earn with our green veins flushed because of our resilient cactus green spirit that will boycott the Arizona venom green and that zero tolerance policy that will boycott the Arizona venom green zero tons policy because we are everywhere you want to be and remember no human being is illegal no human being is illegal no human being is illegal ningún ser humano es ilegal ningún ser humano es ilegal and i've got no patience for people without consciousness anymore oh!
1: thank you thank <laughs> you I want to thank our guests for joining us. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Thanks to Ace Hotel. Thanks to WHIV. The last thing I want to say um, before we go is that um, I took a class, a social psychology class, in which we essentially like did a lot of think piecing about things that have happened in history. And a question that gets asked in colleges all across America in classes like this is the morality and the psychology around like what would you have done during slavery? What would you have done during the Trail of Tears? What would you have done during Japanese internment? What would you have done during the civil rights movement? This is our moment right here, right now. This is no longer a think piece. This is no longer a meta idea. It is happening right now. Our American version of the SS is coming into neighborhoods, picking up children and families and fathers and mothers and our fellow citizens and fellow humans. What you would have done during those periods of time that we all talk about is happening right now. And so whatever you're doing or not doing, as Jenny has been talking about all hour, is exactly what's inside of your heart.